Hoes ain't fucking with Barbie. Take up a paper, Bar- Marley. I got a whole I'm an ass Charlie. Put it with a killer, he the joker, I'm Harley. Wrist on chunky, Barbie. Me only Catania. All these be Austin's, but bitch, you ain't Puerto Rican. having a stroke a really bad time. <laughs> I literally. Um, right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Dolls Discuss. Hi, it's Lourdes. It's Talia. If you'd like to support our podcast, then give us five stars on Spotify and leave us a little written review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Also giving us five stars. And all the other platforms as well that you yep. listen to podcasts on. We're back again today. It's episode six. Episode six, motherfucker. motherfucker. Like, what the fucking hell? Six long weeks of pain and misery <laughs> on the public. <laughs> on the public domain. And we just love inflicting it. <laughs> um, weekly updates, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing okay. I'm off work today. Which for is, once. For once. Literally <laughs> once in a blue moon. Um, in the moon. Be cerulean. <laughs> Fashion. Ducking blue. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. Last week was fun. Had a lot of fun. What um, did you get up to? Worked, tell, tell the double Ds what you got The double Ds worked. And then on Wednesday, I went to see my pal from work's third year art exhibition at the pipe factory and then when ended up you were about to say the pipe works. I know bitch last year I had that up always, on Google she, she always gets those two confused it's cause I just want to so go to the pipe works I'm going down to the exhibition at the pipe works I'm like what exhibit what the fisting exhibition literally and I'm the main star of the show um, and then we ended up out went there with Teddy that was fun Thursday went had a lovely day with what did i do on thursday was that working i was in paris oh yeah we we madame <laughs> mademoiselle <laughs> i had oh yeah me and spat had our day we went to jollibee and all that oh yeah. know i was actual shit in the pan because i was actual <laughs> so much for being fucking vegan well i do say flexible vegan bitch i was eating those chicken on chips and it was actually disgusting <laughs> <laughs> And then Friday night, went to see Daniel Hall. That was honestly really, really fun. I was like a dead body though. And it was like one of the hardest core gigs that uh, I've that been to. Hardest of course. <laughs> like much of the crowd was flying about broadcasting. Were they not pure pushing at the front yeah. as well? Like... <laughs> no, it was so funny. So when it started... Um, everyone was obviously pure, well, went to the front. And do you know how in broadcast they have that, like, wee barrier bit that comes up to, like, people's kneecaps? Is it? I have, they have this, like, wee barrier just to, like, stop you going on the stage. There was people at the front there, and obviously, because that's at their kneecaps, you can't go anywhere, so everyone pushed forward. They all bent over at a 90-degree angle. The whole DJ booth moved, and then the power went out. <laughs> I know I keep saying no, I actually detransitioned that night because the whole <laughs> night I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like actually too much. Too much for me. And then 
Saturday I was working, Sunday I was off, me and Spit had a lovely day in the sun. Then just working yesterday and now I'm off. Like, it's really do be a cycle of working, eat, sleep, rave, rave work, repeat. <laughs> what about yourself, Miss International? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, what did I do on Wednesday? I was just getting ready for... Oh, I was in you London. You were in London, yeah. I was in London. Um, I was in the Radio 1 studio. Yeah, that's how did that, that go? That, that's all come out after that comes out so I can talk about it. Um, it was really good. It was really fun. It was fun talking to Jaguar. We done like a little back to back. You're like besties, aren't you? I love that. <laughs> this is. I feel like this has been really quiet. Um, sorry, just sorting the audio levels. Um, right, I'll go back to my story. Yeah. So on Wednesday, I was in London at the BBC Radio One studio with Jaguar. I'm now an official graduate of BBC Introducing Dance, which That's is fun. That's fun. And then we done like a little back to back and then we chatted a little bit on the air. I spoke about the dolls discuss. You were like, do not listen. <laughs> do not listen. <laughs> I'm going into the world of podcasting and it's terrible. <laughs> and uh, I won't out immediately. <laughs> point me to the fire exit door. <laughs> and then on, then I came back to Glasgow that night. On Thursday, I went to Paris for a little break. Um, I was playing in Paris on Friday, but I want I needed to get out of Glasgow, so I was I booked an extra day just before, and so it was a nice break. Yeah, it, it was lovely. nice to be alone. And then Friday I was in Paris again. Done hundreds. Oh my god! This the remember the story that I sent you um, about what happened oh, to the me. Oh, the at the airport. Oh my god! This is so funny. <laughs> so I was putting. I was at Glasgow airport. I was checking in my bag. And I was fine with EasyJet. And because it's like the auto bag drop in, uh-huh. you have to go click on the touch screen and all that. So here yeah, I was clicking away. And then she came over to help me. And then it came up on the screen, my bag, it's weight. And then it was like, are you sure? And she was like, just click yes. But to be quite honest, we're not really sure what we're doing. We just <laughs> chuck the bag on and hope for the best. <laughs> and I was pissing myself. It was so funny. Green behaviour. And that honestly can be applied to anything in life. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Just chuck it on and hope for the best. Um, if it turns up in Paris, then fucking fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah and then I came back went up the Eiffel Tower went yeah, to hundreds of galleries um went out for nice food was just like listening to lots of like audio books and podcasts I actually finished a really really great book um that I think the Double D's would enjoy it's called Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton mm-hmm. it's so so good um, I actually think I've got that on my Kindle really that old dusty Kindle <laughs> that <like> the keyboard <laughs> <laughs> she'd be typing away like mine's I was typing on that that fucking <laughs> acrylic nail went <laughs> <laughs> on the Avanti West Coast trained into London um so yeah, everyone should read that book. I would highly recommend it. I would recommend the audio book, however, opposed to a paperback or an actual readable copy because it's really, she narrates it herself and it's really nice to hear her voice. And it's also really funny and the humour comes across more. And it's been the, delivered. Yeah, yeah, in the audio version rather than... Like imagine the Dills Discuss was on paper. Like shit. That would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone <laughs> would have piles of the dolls disgust all over the world burning it. <laughs> um, and then came back on Saturday and then me and Teddy went out for a little drink. 
I rewatched all of Normal People over and found out you're not actually normal. normal. <laughs> over the weekend, um, I've still I, I read the book. I read the book when it came out, but I've never seen the TV show. That's my fifth time watching the TV show. Right, mentally ill. <laughs> no, <literally. laughs> and then on Sunday, I got a new tattoo. Yeah, and she's done. Yeah, little half sleep moment, and then I spent the night with Redacted. <laughs> I'm gonna watch what I say because they listen to this religiously. So, <laughs> but had a cute, had a cute weekend. Then what did I do yesterday? Um, oh, you went to I the was... cinema. Oh yeah, <gasps> yes. See that so... multi-universe of mayhem and madness. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Marvel. <laughs> so, um, so I went yesterday. I went and saw the new Doctor Strange film. Oh, honestly, right. <laughs> so nothing of the sort. Of no, what it's I... Marvel. It's, it's Doctor Strange two. And the multiverse of madness. Okay. So along those um, lines. It's probably one of the most recent Marvel films that I really, really loved. Like, I love them all. I go and watch them all in the cinema. But I know when I love a film within myself that I have really enjoyed the film when I want to see it again and yeah. again and again. And I think I will go see it another maybe two times. Two times. Um, For good measure. Because it was so, so good. Like, peak superhero vibes. So many twists and turns. I won't spoil it, but um, I'm a big fan of Marvel and it exceeded my expectations, oh, I feel like. That. Yeah, I love that. That's good. But were you working as well? Did you say that? No. Working where? And bleep. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I'm I'm on to this one. I have I just, I don't even have time to like socialize with some of my friends, let alone fucking. Thank God. <laughs> Sorry, I've only got out. time to go to the cinema and have sex. I don't even have time to do either of them. <laughs> I'm just too busy staring at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, too. Yeah. And what a lovely weekly wrap up. Aye, and I'm away to Brighton on Thursday. Yeah. Hello, it's... gay people. <laughs> Zoella. <laughs> I'm not a Tory. Alfie days. And then I'm going to Switzerland on Saturday. Aye, <laughs> you're like that, bitch. I'll be getting the euthanized. <laughs> <laughs> the euthanized. Don't even give me the chocolate afterwards. <laughs> so, should we get into the episode? Yes, let's do it. Right. Okay, do. So, what are we talking about? This uh, fashion. 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 Wait, I'm going to put something on the Instagram. Let's see. This is live. Oh, God. We need a filter on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, yeah, it's all about fashion, which. Um, are we really qualified to talk about I was about literally it? about to say that. <laughs> like, I'm unsure, to be honest. Very, very unsure. TBC. But <laughs> the engagement that we've had, again, from our little double T. We just which, always talk about the engagement. Like, we? We love the to engagement. Make, but we love to make them feel that we are appreciative we are, we are and listening, listening yeah, and responding you. to it. Um, we had a few good points. A few of the same ones that people wanted us to talk about. I think we should just d dive deep in. Jump right, jump right in. Jump right in. Jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot it on and put your number twos in there. So I think what we could do should is we... start with point nine and then maybe... Oh, what, what, what one's that one? Our fashion journeys from when we can first remember to now. Right, okay. Um. Well, 
I feel like my as my identity and my self confidence and self worth has developed, so has my fashion choices. Before I transitioned, I used to be, for lack of a better term, spicy. Mm-hmm. I would just like very, like very like my. I I felt Rihanna Topinchinos. I, I, <laughs> no, literally, I felt, um, and I think that was for multiple reasons. The main one being that I just wanted to fundamentally fit in. Yeah. Um, and there was no space or scope for me living in Kilmarnock to investigate fashion. And the way that I did investigate fashion was through Tumblr. Mm-hmm. The my own expression of fashion up until perhaps I moved to Glasgow was very mundane, very boring, very by the book, very masculine as well. Um, and I think, the yeah, like I said, the way that I was able to cope with that was through Tumblr and on being online and watching like fashion shows and, and different things and yeah. understanding that I was really into and interested in that world, but there was no scope for me to explore it physically in the current situation that I was in. Yeah. And then I moved to Glasgow, started to express show sort of like gender fluidity and express a different um narrative to my own identity and it's just kind of built on from there i know when i started to trans i think like with most trans people there is a period of time where you're still trying to figure out what your own style is um, what kind of clothes you want to wear and what kind of vibe that you want to put across. And society's perceptions of gender definitely play into that. Like I wear a lot less skirts now compared to what I used to wear before, but that is due to um, a comfortability in myself and my transition and finally coming mm-hmm. into a more individualistic narrative of fashion rather than wearing what I think I should wear in order to be perceived a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I feel very confident in the clothes that I wear now. Um, I feel very sure of myself and what I want to put across. And yeah, like with anything um, to do with your individualness, it develops over time and where I'm I'm at a place where I think you just so innately become comfortable with who you are. I look in the mirror and I'm I don't for lack of a better term want to kill myself. Like yeah. I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm happy, I'm content with what's going on visually. So now I'm able to express it in a way that doesn't feel as constrained or as Yeah, that's almost like the start and building block in it. When yeah. you look at yourself and realise that okay you're happy with who you are, it means that you can then go on and like be like, okay, so now I want to explore this. Yeah, what yeah. about you? Because you, I feel like you were, were all opposite ends of the spectrum where you expressed your femininity from a very early yeah. uh, and very early stage before even the word trans was in your head. Yeah, um, the first actual instance of like me knowing and like dressing myself was I used to have all these different coloured skinny jeans. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then I used to have like t-shirts that would have like a certain colour. So there was like a red, a bit of red in one. And I, do you know what it was? It was a red pre-marked, not a white pre-marked top that had Gaga written in red paint writing down the middle. And I would wear that with my grey hoodie, my red skinny jeans, and then my grey Converse, so that it all came Fashion together. Okay. Like she was killing it. <laughs> and you best believe she pumped the fucking, fucking pavement. pavement. <laughs> um, so that was when, like, and that must have been honestly a bit like P7 first year, that vibe. Like, you were gay from the offset, <laughs> Honey, I came out in a pink feather bow and I said, right, Morag, let's get to work, bitch. <laughs> Um, so then, yeah, so that was like when I first began to be like, okay, I actually w- want to care about what I'm putting on my body. And okay, there's only a life, like my care can only stretch so far when I had no income and it was my mum that was buying the clothes mm. and all this when you're younger. Mm. Um, so then when I first got a job, that was when I began flying about the Glasgow Four, shopping, 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 shopping. <laughs> and... At that point, and still when I was like 16 and 17, towards the end of high school, I was still like obviously out as gay and still dressing in pretty much majority what would be considered men's clothes. Mm. But there was like the occasional like top that I would have bought from the women's section or that just for a little bit of flair. <laughs> but it was stylish. It was cute. And everyone <laughs> used to like... It was stylish, <laughs> I promise. But like, honestly, Zara men's department was rinsed by fucking me every single every single shift. And I worked five days a week when I worked up the four. Every single shift, I would have to go out and pick up a Zara delivery from the men's <laughs> department. I'm like, I wonder where all my fucking money went on fucking Zara Men's platform shoes. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the actual fucking hell? <laughs> You're still wearing them to this day. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and then, so, towards, like, the end of high school, I no longer felt, like, these sorts of constraints. And I obviously went to uni to then study fashion branding. And that was a more... Whilst it was still, like, major, pretty much all the class was still cis and straight when you're studying fashion it's like you know that you can pull a big look and people will appreciate it mm. so again the exploration dove further i began while and whilst i was beginning to experiment more with like women's clothes it was still women's clothes that was like a t-shirt or like trousers it wasn't like skirts or anything okay, yeah. it wasn't until i started going out and like 2019, so just at the start of the top of 2019, when I started going out properly and the queer scene and all that, I began to properly experiment with femininity and wearing skirts, wearing dresses. And then at that point, I was doing the whole I'm any pronouns, all this, mm-hmm. which is probably, it's like, okay, go off, sis. And then I was doing that for what, honestly, about, Two years? No, what's that like? No. A year and a bit. Uh-huh. Until I came out as trans. Yeah. Yeah, so like I was doing the full, which is why it was very much like the, the next step of coming out as trans after <laughs> one was like, bitch, we know. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't want to stereotype because there are some non-binary people that give the whole geesh moment and that's cute. Yeah, but, but it I, was not but, the geesh moment. With <laughs> 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 but I think that... Um, like with any anything to do with um, quote unquote non-normative sexuality or gender expression, you use other identities as almost a stepping stone. Yeah. And it's the same way as like, I know multiple people who 
at my school would come out as bisexual first yeah exactly in order to just kind of like you to give themselves more room and room and space to kind of breathe before stepping into discovering that you're just going to slowly wade through the yeah 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 yeah. yeah. which again is fine and obviously like different conversations can be opened up about like how that causes by erasure but this is fashion honey (laughs) but (laughs) But yeah I, i was i was gonna say that um i know that a lot of um, a big reason as to why I held back so much on expressing um, my gender and visual identity was because I was in like a very like heteronormative gay relationship. Yeah. And that, and the pressure of having to remain attractive and desirable towards my partner who basically said that they didn't want to be with anyone who was like overtly feminine yeah. or anything like that and um, feeling that pressure very much meant that i wasn't allowed the space to express myself in the way that i wanted because i was so scared of like not yeah. of being like dumped to or me, yeah. being like let go of um and i already have like a fear of abandonment trauma yeah so um the pre even just the pressures of that and like that's why i think maybe it was like the first or second episode that i spoke about this relationship and i do resent it and regret it because i think that if i wasn't in that space i would have came to my kind of like trans realization or epiphany a lot sooner Mm -hmm. and yeah and you wouldn't have had any the only sort of boundaries or things holding you back would have been yourself at that point like yeah. you wouldn't have been because it is there's there's a lot of pressure when you're in a relationship environment when you're that young as well especially like a gay relationship there's so many outside pressures that see the pressure of like beginning to think that you might not align with the gender that you're presenting as it's very it's hard yeah and it's hard and it's especially hard. when you been with someone for so long and that and like it there's almost an element of codependency there and like um when you're so young it's so easy to fall into yeah. the trap that is codependency and you think that your life is just gonna like end or subsequently something bad is gonna happen if if the relationship ceases to exist and anymore reality. Like, it's probably the best. It's it's the exact opposite. It's actually, like, your life will start to feel so much more rich and fulfilling. Um, Well, maybe not rich, because, bitch, we still poor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, so that's what I... That's... That would say... And now, I feel like... For a while, I was doing... Just before I, like, started going on hormones, just to finish off my fashion journey, I was always doing the most to present the most sort of feminine that I could so I was always wearing skirts always doing this then I went on when I started on hormones you sort of just there's that sort of realization moment where you begin to realize that you know what as much as people's perceptions can sometimes get to you if you're going through like a real big bout of like gender dysphoria that see at the end of the day whether or not I'm in a skirt or or jeans doesn't necessarily 
like somebody's going to still perceive me to be however they want the jeans or the skirt doesn't change that and okay it can give me that like peace of mind where I'm like I put the most amount of effort into wearing a skirt but honestly it's too much fucking hassle sometimes and also it it just kind of like reinforces reinforces like very unhealthy beauty standards yeah, exactly. and, and kind of like expectations that we have of um femme identifying people and that you need to be on top of your game all the time and it it is it is so it is so exhausting but i also understand that see when you are first exploring um femininity and you're kind of like delving into these avenues of expression that you've never really delved into before it can be really exciting and you mm-hmm. and there is kind of like almost this bolstering and real intrigue to kind of like want to present that kind of way 24 7 and it's not to say that you are any more or less of a woman depending on what you wear it's just that people especially at the beginning of your transition like say your hair or makeup clothes are one of the fundamentals that you can control yeah, like and contain yeah. yeah but yeah i think but again it's like you could also just compare it to perhaps not the best comparison but you can you just you just kind of compare it to anyone who's going through puberty or going through like this stage of self-realization or self-development you find out what's good for you and what isn't good for yeah, you yeah the only thing that i think i would say is that a lot of the a lot of the time, if you haven't transitioned like in the awkward stage where everyone else would be going through puberty, and you you then so if you've begun transition like at the stage I'm at right now, and if you don't really have any people around you to help like gauge and stuff, it can quite often feel like. The whole world is almost watching you go through puberty. Whereas, mm. see, when you do it in high school, everyone's at those awkward stages. Okay, some people start a wee bit later or earlier, but it's like you can point someone out if you're all at that stage. Yeah. Whereas if you're transitioning um, later, and I'm just going to use transition, um, like a trans femme person as an example because it's what I know. Like, there's that if you are going to start wearing makeup or if you're going to start experimenting with like more feminine it's fashion. gonna be bad at first yeah it's exactly. bad for her it's... and i was sharing those shady posts towards her exactly no i look back at pictures of me when i just started and i was like oh that's bad but it's like it's this there has to be and it's almost like you have to allow yourself that room to have these bad moments but what it is is it's like you're having these sort of bad moments of like looking at a busted mess whilst also trying to lead an adult life yeah and it's like tricky and it can be a lot because like even still i look back and focus on me last week now i'm like <laughs> like what was <laughs> maybe she not last week <laughs> but i think that's why well perhaps for for us individually as well why perhaps lockdown was really good because it just it it really just allowed yeah. me to have the space to kind of like figure out what and i just wanted sort of curate yourself yeah yeah, yeah. And I'd been on hormones for like, I think it was like a year before lockdown even happened. And even that, like I just, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a funny and it's a fickle thing. And the more time that goes on, the more comfortable you feel with yourself and the more um, content you feel. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm probably the most content that I've ever been in my life ever. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, it just 
continues yeah it's one of those things you've really just got to trust the process don't you (laughs) yeah that process be long i know a long and slow like slower than a snail (laughs) (laughs) so what what one we going for now should we say what will we be wearing when we are 60 plus i kind of like that one probably those same pair of bleached jeans (laughs) that i spoke about on another episode i love those i know they are i'll give you a brief history of the bleached jeans (laughs) so um, my friend Calvin gave me these Calvin Klein jeans when he was moving out of his old flat. Um, and I was like, oh, thank you for the jeans. These are really cute. They used to be, they, so they were his mum's from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, I think you'll really suit them. I was like, thank you. And then I was really obsessed with clouds at this moment in time. Uh-huh. So I was like, <laughs> I, I'm going to make the jeans look like clouds. So I bleached them all. Um and honestly, the cunt pussy bitch moment. I'm still no, wearing them are. to this they're day. I love my wee bleached jeans. And she's Probably... never ever even washed them. <laughs> <laughs> um, what will what will we be wearing? Probably. I mean, like that's the thing. Like fashion is so uh, quick moving and changing. Yeah, and it develops. And I think that I'm gonna go into this later, but <clears throat> um, there's a difference between trends and personal style. Mm-hmm. And while I feel like I'm in this period of like developing my personal style. So what will I be wearing when I'm sexy? I don't know because my personal style will probably have developed since yeah, then. Like, and also it just depends on like what the funds are like, because I think a lot what of the funds are like, you know, but it applies it's to true. everyone because it's like, there is so much that I know, like there is so much more that I know I could give if I had access to the ut- utilities needed. But we fina- financial assets. Yes. And it's an asset. <laughs> no, it's really not. It's pancakes, honey. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like if I had all the financial not security in the world, like I would be slay, slay, slay every single <laughs> fucking day. day. <laughs> But honey, that's not the case. But who knows where we'll be in sixty? But, I mean, will I even fucking make it to sixty? <laughs> At that rate, I'm not making twenty three, and that's in two fucking months. <laughs> but I think also that yes, finances do play a part. But even like as someone who doesn't have a lot of money, you turn it out. <laughs> you really do. You do. Oh, thanks. <laughs> As someone who's poor, you look really good. Poor people, broke people should never laugh. laugh. <laughs> Literally, you coming up. Hide the money, there's poor people around. <laughs> I'm not even, I don't even have that much no, money. No, I'm kidding on, I'm kidding on. Oh, we, oh we, we need to come up with broke people should never laugh. That'd be a funny title. But... Oh, yeah. But then I also kind of like give it up delicious. You, you look, still, you look like, like a, you still look like a man. You're no, you look like a man. Oh, you look. Like Aye, a man. that is a good one. Um, but yeah, no. So I'm, I'm excited to see because I feel like it's something that constantly evolves and changes. Uh, changes, changes. <laughs> but yeah, I think, and it's one of those things that I'm excited to see evolve and change. The more comfortable I get within myself, but. Who knows? Who knows? Like genuinely, who we'll knows? Still I mean, be it's a really cunt. good. A We're really, literally gonna be like in... literally. I hope that at sixty years old, I'm one of those wee old women. That do you know how the, when old women reach a certain age and then they have poof, lavender hair? That'll be <laughs> I, we short lavender hair. short pixie cut. Come on. <laughs> do you think we'll still be friends? No. <laughs> <laughs> I. 
I hope so. Aye. In the nursing home. I mean, 60, that's actually kind of young. <laughs> so we'll probably still be able to walk. No, I'll be playing, you'll still be shaking your little boot tag on stage. I'll be up there in the Lebarton. <laughs> Um, genuinely 60 we'll still be able to fly about and all that we'll uh, probably still be doing party favors <laughs> <laughs> poppers of course <laughs> uh, let's do least favourite current fashion trend I mean slash what fashion moment are we fucking sick of um, I really hate see those like oh, why did you look me up <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, see that like those like marble print tops. That this isn't that isn't what you're wearing. That is, that, no, I do like what you're wearing. That isn't what you're wearing. Those like marble print tops yeah. with like the wide kind of like. like yeah, I think I know what you're talking. about Do you know about. what I'm talking about? I what fashion moment am I sick of? I'm gonna talk about another one, but it's oh, not, you can go it, then. It's not really a fit. No, you you do. Um, I sort of hate you sort of hate do you know what this isn't really a fashion moment but it is something to do with fashion do you know what I fucking hate and I was saying to Spit the other day when we were out for a drink see when a cis hate couple are out for drinks dinner doing the moment the woman has dolled up to the nine she's got her wee pumps on she's got her skirt she's got her dress she's got her trousers she's given the moment you look beside her, the guy is out in fucking grey joggy shorts, grey joggies, like jogging, jogging bottoms. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding on? Like women, honestly, the bar is low, low the and bar they accept so... lower. You I can't know. put on a pair of fucking jeans <laughs> to go nice, sit at a nice restaurant. I mean, bear in mind the restaurant is Frankie and Benny. Still... <laughs> You can't. You can't. No, I know. I know. But like the ag- like, again, it's like the the level of um, expectation that is placed on femme bodies compared yeah. to mask bodies is so insane. But I think that uh, another element of that is that men are not given the opportunity to be interested in fashion yeah. or to be interested in how they look. Um, Especially heteronormative men or men I mean, who I haven't experimented is, with. There's a wee slow progression towards you see a lot more men in like their wee car heart turn ups. Yeah. And their the, wee beanies. And I'm yeah. like, oh, we scared. Mama's boy. Yeah. Mama's sweet. <laughs> a wee he day. Oh, yeah. We do love the he days. Um, what other fashion moments I hate though? Uh, can I talk about. Yeah, of course. Um, go. So I really hate the way that TikTok has started to influence and water down people's personal style and the the whole concept of micro trends um i was reading this article called the growing impact of tiktok micro trends in fashion it was t- it's talking about basically micro trends are like cheap stylish fashion items that are designed to last until the end of the current season and are often born from the screens of social media so right now i feel like the current fashion trends are like see like the spiky 90s buns yeah and then and the, li- the little crop tops with the cargo, I say, trousers. I, with the cargo trousers yeah that's kind of i mean i do love that silhouette but yeah, it's very but, very off the moment yeah but it's very off the moment and it's the same way as like perhaps a year ago it was the bright fur collared little tight yeah, little or- parties going on to which was actually going to be one of the things i hate remember those 
that sort of clothing item that came from the woman who had, I think it was a woman, she had too much surplus fabric. So what she started doing was she started stitching them all together and it was those tops that had the outer stitching on them and they were all like the coloured ones. Like so, the, like... Um, I mean, it was like the takeaway. The shoelace ones, I think so. Right, okay, yeah. Um, and also like, see like the subversive basic ones where people would just cut up tights? Yeah. Like that that was a real moment yeah. last year as well. And it's not necessarily to say that these are bad, but um They're just the, not sustainable. Yeah, so these fast moving disposable microtrends have created a reckoning with within the fashion industry and in the issue of sustainability. According to the World Bank, ten percent of global greenhouse gas emissions are created from footwear and clothing production, resulting in massive amounts of items ending up in landfills. And a big kind of culprit of this are companies like Shein yeah. or even AliExpress, um, ASOS, and they're just churning out these micro trends and a lot of influencer culture uh, is determined by these trends. So like you think like Pretty Little Thing, Molly yeah. Mae, all that kind of stuff. And when you think about it, these influencers like Molly Mae, they don't have actual personal style. Yeah. What they do is <clears throat> the clothes that they wear are facilitated and curated by a team at the actual fashion yeah the, like, like the company store yeah, yeah exactly and they're told what to wear and i think this is really really unhealthy one for the environment obviously it's causing such an issue and also even just when individuals are dictating their personal style and will look towards these people for inspiration or whatever it, you can't keep up with it yeah. because as soon as you buy one thing, the yes. micro trend has ended exactly. and it's on to the next thing. And again, it's just causing it's massive like... amounts of overproduction, sorry. And um, it's just not, uh, it's also not creative. It's not individualistic. You are just constantly buying small cheap pieces of clothing to then wear for like what a couple of months yeah. to then dispose of it's like that thing as well and the problem the real problem i have with that bitch molly may is that everything she wears is fucking beige like genuinely <laughs> it's like i did not know it could be 50 shades of fucking beige yet here she is she's like my new collection just dropped beige, beige. like <laughs> oh, can you come up with something else um but yeah it's just it's completely just and it all just adds to this way that humans are becoming so like the way that humans consume any sort of media any sort of fashion any sort of anything really it's one of like a constant like wheel of just people are you're, sheep you're people, bored you're bored yeah, yeah, yeah. you're bored and so it's quickly. like i think especially where heteronormative people or people who haven't had um had to deal with oppression to any set or any significant extent they like being told what to do yeah because they, they've never had to go against the grain yeah and so they like being told what to wear they like being told what to listen to and like i'm over generalizing and stereotyping here but when love island's on the tv what are the songs that are at the top of the charts the songs on love island yeah. what are the pieces of clothing that are sold out everywhere yeah, that are being that are in demand the shit on Love Island. And also um, perhaps moving to a more 
moving out of a more heteronormative space into perhaps a more kind of, I'm not going to say queer, but maybe a more open space. When you think about a show like Euphoria and you think about the way that Euphoria dictated the visual and aesthetic zeitgeist when it was on TV. Yeah, as soon as Hunter Schaefer cut her hair and started wearing the two wee buns, mm-hmm. every, every, all the girls... Tom, Zach and Harry was No, literally. <laughs> all the girlies were, were wearing yeah. that. The same with Maddie and, and her makeup and, and Yeah, and the jewels and her makeup in series one. Like, it's interesting to see how um, major TV productions and films and things do very much influence what is going on visually in and the world. Whilst I I like that to an extent, especially when it's something as creative and visually appealing as Euphoria, I like when people are able to watch, view, digest any sort of like media, whether it be like fashion, art, film, and are then able to take inspiration, apply it to themselves, but give off their take on it yeah like what we were talking about that episode i don't know two episodes ago with like right now this mew mew thing where people are cutting it up cutting up any sort of fabric giving the whole cord mew mew moment but they're doing it their way it's yeah, not the it's exact accessible. replica it's nice because it's like whilst because at the end of the day everyone subconsciously or consciously is influenced by what is going on mm. in the public right now like People are products of their own yeah, environment. And, exactly. And if you're constantly seeing something on repeat, as we all wear with that Mew Mew skirt, you're going to start being like, mm, mm, many skirts are cute. sort of the moment, aren't yeah. they? But then it's whether or not you... Like, it's all well and good just buying the Mew Mew two-piece and giving that. But, like, anyone... Well, not anyone can do that, but, like... But then also, the same way with, like, micro-trends... Um, you could all you could all also talk about trends trends just as a whole and how trends kind of like dilute and disseminate the idea of personal style because you could buy the Mew skirt and give off cunt pussy bitch and tell mm-hmm. but there's going to be a point in time where that's going to come out of trend yeah. and it's going to be old to wear yeah. that now so it's like spending so much money on and that's that's why I really like thrifting and I really like buying clothes off of Depop as pain as la- as laborious as it is buying clothes off of sites like Vinted or Depop, there is a certain level of this shit has been in circulation for so long and it's something that I like. Yeah. And it's not it's not necessarily a trend, it's something personal to me, mm-hmm. which means I'm just gonna have it for yeah, a lot longer. As well when you're sif- like sifting through the interface that's not like what's new well obviously you can put what's new but you have to search what you're looking for like you really sort of have to have an idea of what you want and then it sort of branches from that but it's not you're not being fed oh this is the new trend this is what's hot right now and all consumption under capitalism is inherently unethical but Mm -hmm. if i would much rather go down to the south side go to a charity shop find a cute little mini skirt, like that United Benton of Colours uh-huh. mini skirt that I got, it was a size 12 or whatever, take it to the tailors, get it fitted to my actual body mm-hmm. and keep it for literal years. Yeah, exactly. Like, and how how much did that cost me? The mini skirt was about three pounds and getting it tailored was 15. Like, like and that's still cheaper than buying like fresh off the rack. Aye, exactly, because like, uh, yeah, no, completely, I agree. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so... Should we do Met Gala? Yeah, let's do the Met Gala. So I actually meant to go back and have 
a look, but I think I know who my favourite was. So, um, should we talk? So, should we talk about the Met Gala first, or should we talk about Kim Kardashian and the Marilyn? Um, we'll dress? do the Met Gala first. Right. Yeah. Rosalia in Givenchy. Yeah. Gorgeous. Can can can. Nicola Coughlin. Yep. Um, we Dairy Girls last year. She was cute. Yeah, yeah she, she was really cute. cute. But I was just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Bridgerton, it's Bridgerton. Okay, oh, she and... And also, Evan Mock. Absolutely yeah, gorgeous. I, I would like... Do you like girly dick? No, literally, <laughs> this wand is blinking at you, honey. Come and play with it. Stop. You need to give this fairy her wish. <laughs> like, I, I so... I'm sorry, be- Evan Mock doesn't <laughs> participate in the Make-A-Wish Foundation. <laughs> 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 um, but what a fucking sexy piece of me no literally seriously it's bad but um, it was also good for her uh, my overall opinion for this year's Met Gala is that it was bad Yeah, it was bad for her and um, no one was following the dress code I kind of hate that they set a theme for a reason but I think but the- I also sorry just, no, to, just I, I also understand that obviously it is major brands and companies and institutions mm-hmm. that buy the tables here yeah. and which means that they get to choose and dictate who comes and they get to choose and dictate what the person will wear um, but like Courtney Kardashian said in her interview, like the interviewer was like that. And so the theme, did you think much of it? And she was like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, come on, girl, give us nothing. This is not the land of your people. This is Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that there has been a good Met Gala since 2018. Um, well, well, that was that was the, the Solange Catholic, Catholic heavenly bodies, yeah, fashion and the Catholic imagination. Me one. and Beep, uh huh, stayed up all stayed, night, stayed, <laughs> stayed up all night, and were waiting, watching all the outfits to come yes, through. And that's, that was gorgeous. That year that, that was a that's a really nice memory that I have. Um, shame it was with that person, <laughs> but um, I've I I don't think that there's been. A good one. Uh, yeah, then. I just think, um, yeah, very much has just slowly became this. Like, <sighs> there's a whole argument right now that is losing its prestige because the way that celebrity culture is changing is that it's not just who, these like celebrities that would be considered going anymore. It's mm. like influencers, it's people, all this. And whilst, okay, I can see the point, you also have to be receptive to the way that celebrity culture is changing. Yeah, and also it's like the way that we consume information and um, celebrity, I don't know, celebrity culture has changed. Yeah, exactly. has changed. It's the same way as like the way that we experience music now can't be the same as the way that we experienced it in the 90s because so much has changed. Yeah, exactly. I think that people are very, very quick to kind of hold on to nostalgia and hold on to how that made them feel. But also, ultimately, when you think about, if you were to look at who came to the Met Gala perhaps 10 years ago compared to now, it will be a lot more white, a lot more cis, a lot more straight. Exactly. And And also, like, there would have been a lot of people there that you still had no fucking idea because it was like, these actors, a lot of these, like... Famous New money. York moguls, like yeah. these business people, a lot of that was there. So yeah, I don't necessarily hate that there's influencers. I'm just glad that James Charles wasn't there last year. <laughs> honestly, see that cunt got a BBL. 
I'm like that and you're still rotten. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, please come out as trans. Oh. <laughs> we won't claim you. <laughs> um, some of my favourites, just to go back quickly, really enjoyed Tiana Taylor and Iris Van Erpen. Or, yeah, I think it was Iris Van Erpen. Precious. Um, preciously, yeah, and of course, my main bitch. She was completely not on theme, but the one and only Bella Hadid. I feel like she was on theme a little bit. She looked gorgeous. She looked gorgeous, but it wasn't giving gilded glamour. I it think... was giving Lady of the Night. <laughs> there was a bump <laughs> in the, the night. And then um... her fucking. Diala, Diala, I cannot pronounce it, but the Findelug, whatever, after party look. Oof, bitch. What, what look was that? Oh, the little... The rose on the tits, Oh, bitch. yeah, yeah, yeah. How, I honestly Do you know, know who I think looked it. really bad, but she was wearing Versace, but it was bad? Emily Ratajkowski. Yeah, that was honestly... That was like, horrible. Like, your rent. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just annoying because, again, at the... Heavenly Bodies, she Catholic one, that remember those angel yeah. like wings, gorgeous. But I think it's one of these things, if the designers and the people that they Sorry, invited, can we also just quickly talk about Kylie Jenner? But do you know what? She posted the thing on her Instagram talking about how her and Virgil Abloh were meant to have gone to the 2021. And obviously COVID happened and then he died, RIP. Um, so it was like a sort of lament to him. Right, okay. Again, like the execution and all that could have been done better. I like the sentiment of it. Mm. The execution wasn't there. But this whole skip cap, snapback moment. Like Nicki, Minaj, yeah. But I'm no. sorry, Nicki looked fucking horrible. Busted but Like literally Burberry, I was like that. And you're very trench. <laughs> <laughs> and then what was I going to say actually? Uh, yeah, so when it's like gilded glamour or last year when it was American fashion, whatever. That could have been um, so good. When, it, when it's like a um, theme that isn't necessarily giving what it's meant to give on paper and there's a bit of like having to search and like do research. At the end of the day, these designers also are probably running fashion houses. These celebrities have all got jobs. But they're all busy. A lot of them aren't willing to sit and put hundreds of time and effort mm. into giving this moment because what is the actual payback gain from it? It's the same way that, like, see if they don't do this and then they aren't on theme, they're probably getting talked about more than they are um, if they are on yeah, theme. Yeah, yeah, okay. But... But the, there is there is nothing better oh, no, when completely. you can, but like, completely check again, the box. Again, I just so have good. this problem with ever since Rihanna 2015, China Through the Looking Glass came in that fucking iconic yellow coat oh, and yeah. gave the whole train moment. Ever since then, you've just seen the next few years, everyone tries to have this train moment. And it's like that, while it's okay a train is cunt on a dress, you're like it'll never be top so don't try and like do it again yeah same with lady gaga camp giving that like, whole fashion change moment and like and then blake lively it's like that no not blake lively um sydney sweeney she she she, she changed she but changed, then blake yeah. lively did her it's a rusty oh, yeah. dress and then it's the blue statue of liberty again the storyline is cute and all that but the dress just was like it was meh 
Yeah. It's like, don't do this. Don't try and replicate what was already iconic. Give it up, Serena Vander Woodson. <laughs> We're Team Blair, honey. <laughs> Um, no, we're actually Team Jenny. No, literally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I do enjoy the Met Gala and enjoy seeing everyone's taste. What are your thoughts on Kim K in the Marilyn dress? Because <sighs> I have several thoughts. I've went back and forth. Um, the one thing that I will say is that like, she wore, wore this Marilyn dress for all of five minutes because it had to be taken off after the red carpet because she then, like, too much weight. When pieces are archived in fashion, because you always see it, people are, like, screaming, oh, that's John Galliano, look, that's Dior, look, that's the... Pulling stuff from fashion archives is not that simple because this shit is, like, a tale as old as time, a song as old as rhyme. A lot of these pieces have been there for, like, upwards of 20 years. You can't just go in and rip this fabric off these like mannequins in these archives when it's made of like, it's not just like polyester cotton blends and all that, yeah. like a lot of it. And as well, a lot of the fashion pieces will have been made for models back in the 80s and 90s and you know they were fucking stuck then. To alter these pieces, it takes a lot of time and a lot well, of effort. Well, Kim said that she had to start, basically starve herself which, to fit her. Which is the one, one of the problems that I have is, as we all know, Kim Kardashian has always teetered on the lines of being really, really offensively outrageous with saying things about her body. Um, but I have no problem with doing what you've got to do. Do it quietly. Mm. The problem I have is when see Kim Kardashian and all that, because don't get me wrong, this may be bad for me to say and I'm not um, saying you should, but there'll be times where you're like, oh, I'm wearing like a crop top or whatever, I'm not going to have dinner tonight. Right, That's okay. on a sub, a more subdued, less effect to the public level. It's, it's, it's obviously a more personal, and personal it, it, it's thing. personal. It's like the, 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 those thoughts going through your brain, it's not as if you're going to be going out and telling everyone. Yeah, and that's where, that's where the problem lies. Don't go down saying that because already, we already know we've had the fucking appetite suppressing lollipops, all that shit, yeah. the Kardashians. Like, you've been around this hundreds of times. Just shut your trap. I think to, to bring out an iconic dress like that, to bring it, to almost bring it out of the archives is a good thing because it should be showed off. But the way that it was showed off in this sense, I don't think that it was inherently good because one, it obviously it would have had to get altered and tailored. Mm -hmm. So already it's kind of like you're removing an element of Marilyn from the dress yeah. because you're removing her shape from the dress. Mm -hmm. It's now fitted to Kim. And also... A lot of people were creating this dichotomy of Kim is kind of like the, the Marilyn the, of the, our the, time. The, the, the Marilyn of the current age and things like that, which I have an issue, a big, big issue with because I I used to be obsessed with Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. I have several of her biographies. I used to read up on her a lot. And I, me and Teddy recently watched a um, Netflix, Netflix documentary on her death. And like... She was an orphan. Mm -hmm. Like that, she came that, from absolutely yeah. She came nothing. from she came. She was dark poor. She came from nothing. She was passed about from home to home, and she was trigger warning, sexually assaulted, yep. R worded, mm -hmm. molested, several several times before she even came into the show business industry. And even when she did start show business, she was then 
abused even more so and it's like you cannot compare someone who has lived a life like that and then went on to do really really great things artistically and championed a lot and was so so far left and championed a lot yeah and championed and championed a lot for marginalized identities within the 50s remembering like we're in the 50s here you can't compare that to kim k who has came from an abundance of money Mm -hmm. and has very much made a name for herself but not used that name in a way that would be ethical yeah or or, best representative oh yeah exactly and it's i i do i just find it difficult when you compare the two because Ultimately, what you're comparing is the fact that they're both sex symbols. Yeah. And I think that that's also just not a fair representation to put on two women because... You're, you're they, boiling they, them down. Yeah, like, you're, you're, bo- you're, just, not... you're, you're boiling them down to, one, their attractiveness and to their... Um, uh, what's the word? Their association to sex, And also, it's like, whilst, okay, they're... The two are, like, I really don't see the comparisons. And, okay, like, the only point of parallels is that they're, like, sex symbols. Like, those two things can be celebrated without... What was I looking for there? And it's also not... And I'm not trying to, like, discredit Kim's achievements or whatever, but, like, Marilyn was, like, an award-winning actress and singer. And, like... And Jam Turn It Up got no awards, <laughs> honey. I mean, it got it went platinum in my room, no, but <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's just kind of like you. I I just think it's like it's 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 not right to c- compare the two. And yeah. also, we're talking about two different times here. What Marilyn done in the fifties, you can't compare it to what Kim has done now. Yeah, exactly. And whilst um, because I did see people. Screaming and shouting about, well, Kim is now obviously helping people in prison and all that. And that's good. But again, it's just like... But I'm sorry, but she's also a billionaire. Yeah, and it's you like can't, you, and you, it's, you can't, I know, but it you can't be an as, ethical billionaire. It's like, you're, whilst Kim helping people in prisons as amazing and that's good, it's the very much least that she could do whilst getting some sort of self-reward from it. Yeah. Marilyn had basically no reward from like that thing you've probably seen it because it was going around at the same time all this shit was going on um i'm sure it was ella fitzgerald i think in the 50s oh yeah and marilyn said um if you don't put her like if she you put her on stage i'll come down and sit front row every single night yeah and she did and it's like that that was like career could have been career ending stuff because Mm. this was like the most volatile time all whilst, and it's like one of those things, it's very much like, it just shows the true type of person she was to have went through all of that and still been such, like, an amazing person. Yeah. I think when someone goes through, like, we're not talking for Marilyn Monroe here at all, but, like, when someone goes through, some like, something as tra- as traumatic as perhaps what she went through as a uh-huh. child or whatever, Kim didn't experience those same things, yeah, exactly. which means that they didn't, they they don't lead like it, like similar life. So like you, it's just like you're just not really able to compare the two. And I think it's just, it just wasn't. And it's like you can champion both women without having to make a comparison, and you can like champion Marilyn, like you can just champion them both at the same time, and 
accept that there may be points of similarity, but they're not the same. Yeah. And also it's like that, if you're going to do the whole thing of like wearing the dress for five minutes up the stairs and then putting a replica on, fucking get a bye, honestly. <laughs> literally. Like the replica is literally giving the same and thing. And also no one will do Marilyn Lana Del Rey. Exactly. Sorry. Happy birthday. Running wild, <laughs> mighty bold. <laughs> Um, what one should we do next? Whilst we're on you the pick. topic of icons, let's talk about Miss Julia Fox. <laughs> um, obsessed. Literally obsessed. Are you obsessed? I really, really just have a lot of time for someone who actually does fuck all but is everywhere and looks good while doing it. I was just it. the amusing <laughs> Uncut Jaw. Uncut Jaw. I yeah, bet, I, it's like a masterpiece. So this is literally me writing my album. I don't like to give too much away because I'm quite superstitious. But no, superstitious. Su- 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 superstitious, <laughs> but it is a masterpiece. Uh, yeah. Is it real fur? Um, I think so. <laughs> but like genuinely just like very much giving what the Kardashians gave way back when Kim was first becoming famous or like when Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, whilst they all had their things, like it was very much that just a socialite who gets paid to turn up to parties mm. and as just like an interesting person. What was it what was what was the event that she wore the was that the Grammys? What was what was this? Yeah, the Hancho Was it the Grammys or what? It wasn't the Oscars, surely. I think it was the Grammys. She looked that yeah, like that was and that bitch was high as a no, kite. Actually, her eyes were so eyes. red. She just fucking put the bunt in. This and a blunt. <laughs> but um, the thing that I was really annoyed about, and maybe it's just because she's not been around the ringer for that long. Where the fuck was she at the Met Gala? Right, like, okay. that bitch would have turned that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I also think that the Met Gala, the guest list will be, like, decided Yeah, months. no, months, months, months in advance, advance entirely. Sure. Oh, do you know who else, just going back to the Met Gala, looks really, really gorgeous? Olivia Rodrigo. I love that. Oh, bit. yeah, And her she Versace did. moment. Oh, yeah, She's that was so cute. Looking like we fairy. Literally, All she right. is gorgeous. But, yeah, no, I'm obsessed with Julia Fox. Like, yeah, see those I photos listened- of her? <laughs> when she's got that flame brown and the lowest leather pants and the fucking blazer heels. Welcome to Heli. Like, can't, <laughs> can't. Like, her yeah. pl- plucking those leather dresses like, off genuinely, her legs. Like, you know that bathroom stinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was listening to her podcast actually with Twigs. And it's so funny. Is Twigs actually on that one? Yeah, yeah. I need it's really good, but it's so funny because they're all, they're talking about two weeks. Uh-huh. And so she's like, so yeah, like two weeks was written about Rob, yeah. And Twigs is like, no, that was written before I even got with Rob. Like, <laughs> what are you actually talking about? And she was like, is Pendulum not about Rob? And she was like, no, I literally hadn't met Rob when Pendulum came out. And she was like, I'm so confused. <laughs> I need to listen, um, because I did listen, the thing, because I was a wee bit on the fence with Julia Fox when she first came out, and then I listened to that podcast she did with, I can't remember the woman who does it, but see that call her daddy. Oh, hey daddy gang. (laughs) That's us. Hey double D's. (laughs) She did that thing. That was the Uncut Gems moment. Yeah, no, it was the Uncut Gems moment, but... 
the same with because I was thinking about Lily Allen's book today as well. See when someone is like really like a public figure that is very very device like divisive like people either love or hate mm. but it's like no matter what they say or do they will cause a stir like in the way that like if they donated money to charity there would be the fans it's like yes they're a good person but then the people that don't like her would be like she's only doing this so that she's fucking looks good yeah like they've always got something to say yeah, you can't when win. she did that podcast. Can relate. <laughs> <laughs> like it's always L's here. <laughs> when she did that podcast, she was very much just like, this is the tea, this is what happened, this is what's going on. Like I was addicted to heroin, like mm. all this. And I just have like a lot of time for that because like see this whole like while celebrities are people that have to maintain a certain sort of image. They're also just people at the end of the but day. I think that the, this is one thing that I've spoken about, even in reference to my own career, like what could, what could happen with that. People are attracted to honesty and yeah, they're no, attracted to genuineness. And I think... Like relatability. I un- yeah, I understand why perhaps... Yeah, I guess no, like, I've just put the crack bite. <laughs> <laughs> you can understand... What did you have for dinner? 92 lines. <laughs> <laughs> you can understand why someone would be like that because you're already in the public eye. You want to keep an element of privacy to your life or whatever. Yeah. That's fine. But being so brutally honest about something or giving information that perhaps not someone in the, the next person in your position would... It just adds a level of respect. And it's not as if you need to be like, oh, I'm shagging this person, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But see, you're just being honest about something. And you're not kind of trying to skirt around the issue or hate anything or be like subdued in your answer or whatever. And one of my favourite things was that she was talking about, so she's got a baby with this guy that she met, they were in love and all this. And then she was telling the story about how they like broke up and all that and she went on Instagram and was like, you're a fucking horrible baby daddy. You've not been paying any spousal support. You've not been paying any child support. That's that and the next thing, like put him on fucking blast on Mm. Instagram live. And then like two days later, found out that he had actually been paying her rent for the, the apartment that she was in for like the past five months and she had no idea. And her excuse was like, oh, it's just one of those things I like pile, like build up, I pile up and then I'll just pay it all in once. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, queen behaviour. Yeah, literal queen behaviour. I'll let it pile up. And and it's I'll like, we up. love a psychotic bag. Like genuinely. <laughs> like, relatable. Like, genuinely. Well, maybe not on Instagram, but. <laughs> <laughs> You're like that one defense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I really do. I love Julia Fox. And I'm thinking, see the, this moment she's doing right now, just quickly, where she's like wearing these fucking 10 inch pleaser heels, this dress, this long brown hair, it's giving very gaga art pop era circa 2013. And we know how much I love that. Honey, exactly. Um, another fashion moment that I think that we should talk about quickly. Should we wrap up soon? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm bored of hearing your voice. <laughs> Rihanna. My tits are covered in sawgrass and crystals, girl. No, just Rihanna won't be pregnant. No, Rihanna and the... And the... And the Swarovski crystal. What for the CFDA award? Aye. Like, batch. Like What was it she said as well? She was like... Some... Do my tits bother you? <laughs> no, but like, we get that. <laughs> but she went up when she was accepting the Icon Award and she was like, I know that there's always going to be someone that's smarter than me or whatever. 
but you're never going to dress better than me. It was oh, something along those lines good. I can't remember. And I was like, what, bitch? Like, she, Rihanna is just someone that, honestly, throughout her whole career, her career progression has been really interesting because she's always been very much one of the leading pop girlies. But it was like maybe 20... 16 onwards she really started cementing her place as like not just a pop singer like a fashion icon mm. and like showing that she's got all the fucking props to like be a fucking superstar and she yeah. has like see this whole moment of her being pregnant like literally the photos from like two days ago yeah. wearing the 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 diamante the new the diamante one can't like that bitch is genuinely dilating right now she's having <laughs> contractions on the way to that fucking Giorgio Baldi whatever that restaurant is that she so apparently loves <laughs> and the Mew Mew and heels like honestly and I think that just that whole conversation and the way she's approached talking about that is so important because it is whilst pregnancy is something that should be celebrated for all women there is also and again I can only speak from an outsider's perspective there seems to be this real level of shame that comes with pregnancy right, and okay, like yeah. maternity clothes it's always like loose baggy ill form fitting when it's like this is like genuinely one of the most sacred to certain people things that can happen in your life and should be celebrated and her having this moment of completely just wearing what she wants being the exact same person as she is whilst carrying a child it's fucking iconic and it's very much will have a lot of lasting impact yeah so props to you bitch bad gal really literally Well, I'm actually... acting as if she's listening to the <laughs> She's like, I just clocked in double D. <laughs> no, see her in that Diamante. That Mew Mew I, that's actually me after I finish eating at Selvin. <laughs> hey, Carlos. <girlies>. Literally. <laughs> me going back from break. <laughs> I actually have to eat a bad time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, of course. <laughs> the first RuPaul's Drag Race contestant with child. <laughs> 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 right, should we do like a wee quick fire round maybe just to sum up? Okay. Um oh fave runway show of all time. Oh, right, okay. Um so either Chanel Haute Couture nineteen ninety two, um, which is you know the dress that Lily Rose Depp wore to the Met yeah. Gala that what like Kind. I love Lily Lil Rose Depp. Shame your dad's a fucking arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Chanel Spring 1995. Yeah. With all the little two pieces and it's all they're all the multicoloured two pieces. Yeah, really can Mine's would be Marc Jacobs Fall Winter 2016 Ready to Wear. That was the infamous Kiki Boots gag I oh. walked. It was the big circular runway. Cunt. Terry Mugler, Hot Couture. Hot Couture, sorry. Fall Winter 1995, this is the iconic one that we I've said that the whole flat needs to watch. The hour-long one that like brought so many of his fucking most iconic pieces out. And I watched it again when he had passed, and it's just fucking like a moment. Like right. they just won't will fashion will never have that moment again, like genuinely. Alexander McQueen, Autumn One are ready to wear 2009. The show's called The Horn of Plenty. That one's the one when they've got all the lipstick overdrawn. Oh, right, Gorgeous. Okay, yeah. And then Gucci, Autumn Winter 2020, ready to wear. Alessandro Michelli for Gucci as... Alessandro <laughs> Michelli. As divine. And it was like... 
it put like emphasis on it was like presented in this carousel format and in the middle where it was like the atelier and all the designers and the seamstresses and all this and then the dresses came forward like stunning stunning stun, I love stun. how much you know about fashion I do love fashion yeah. <laughs> this has been really insightful oh thanks Oops, I thought that was the coffee. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I really, really do. Like, it's one of the things that I do really geek out about. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> Shame I look like shit. Should we wrap up this episode? Yeah, that was cute though. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. We hope that you enjoyed listening. Um, we'll be back next week talking next about week. our favourite album. Oh yeah, music. Music guys. Because we've actually forgot to talk about no, music like, completely. Um, and this week, an album that we both have been waiting for for a long, long time is coming time. out. We'll not a tell long, you... unfortunate while. <laughs> <laughs> we'll not tell you what, like, what album it is. We'll wait until next week so we can give you a proper review. Yeah. But... We're thinking 10 out of 10. 10 already. Out, no, I'm thinking fucking a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're probably, we're going to do kind of like a reimagining and a reinterpretation of our initial pilot. Light belt show, yeah, yeah. Just like expanded and not shit in our pants. No, literally. <laughs> just more chillaxed. Um, and yeah, it will allow us to talk about things a bit more clearly and concisely. And yeah, we both love music. So. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, the, this episode is your episode because it's the fashion episode yeah. and then next week it could be my episode because it's like the music episode okay, you do music <laughs> <laughs> no I'm getting on exactly that right but well, anyway goodbye goodbye love yous <laughs> <laughs> Mwah.